are you? And where are you going? What do you want? For the next 24 minutes, we're going to design and attain your ideal life. On the Way to Wow Show. Together, we'll find the ideal path to get you back on the track to success and happiness. On the Way to Wow Show with your host, Kevin Bemmel. I don't want to say we are how we dress. But the clothes that we wear have a tremendous impact on our mindset, on our behavior. Study after study shows this. And my guest, Colleen Hammond, is going to help us understand why and how to dress to our advantage, or at least how the ladies can dress to their advantage. And then we're going to talk with Rabbi Mendel Schwartz, who's going to explain to us how we can get on that spiritual path if we choose to. How do we start to create a relationship with this non-corporeal entity we call God? What is your relationship with God? So Tobin mixed this up for us. This is called a tuxedo number two. It's a variation Thank on a you. martini. Thank you. Aside from the presentation being beautiful, let's see. Mm. Oh, that's great. Thank you. Yeah. Can you taste a little, little, yeah. little cherry liqueur in there? Luxardo yes. all the way from Italy. And thank you, thank you. Beautiful stuff. That's great. Well, gosh. Uh, I, you know, I was the, preparing for this interview. I was trying to think of how long I've known you. It's been... A long, long time. Um, studied together and about and, twenty uh, years. Yeah, I think so. Um, and, and so I, you know, and also reading your bio. So looks like you were you were ordained as a rabbi at the Brooklyn Talmudic. I was ordained as a rabbi actually in Australia. Oh, in Australia. I, I studied uh, in France, right outside of Paris, for two years. Okay. In Brooklyn for two years. Wow. And I got my smicha, which is the rabbinate, in Melbourne, Australia. Okay. And then I got another degree in Israel after that. Okay. But you also studied in Russia, I believe? I was there for three summers as a counselor. Wow. I, I mean, went there for three summers. That's really a lot just, of fun. you know, all over, all over the world. That's right. And um, I know you, you worked in Israel for a time. Um, yeah. I was there in 2001, 2002, a little bit of 2003. Uh, right when the Intifada kicked in, mm. and I was there with my wife, and our first son was actually born there in Israel oh, at that lovely. time. Uh -huh. And uh, Mazel Tov, he just became a paratrooper in the IDF. Wow. 19 years old, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yes, yeah, so we're very excited. And then you came back here and eventually um, took over the Chai Center from your father, right? Yes. Well, it was a joint effort. My mother's still involved. My wife's involved. We have a, some other staff. But my dad was grooming me mm -hmm. already years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a large organization, the Chai Center, uh, primarily dealing with the outreach in the Jewish community right. for people that are not that involved, and that's most of the Jewish people. Right, right. <laughs> and um, so I've been doing that uh, since, he, uh, since I moved back from Israel, which is 2003 till now, so uh, yeah. I guess 17, 18 years, give or take. Right. I think your, your father used to say, uh, Schwartz used to say, any Jew that moves, right? Any right. Jew that moves, yeah. yeah. So 
you know, as you can imagine, uh, a lot of our viewers are not Jewish, um, but I think that the experiences that you've had in helping uh, Jews rediscover their, their faith and their heritage, I think that applies to any person, whether they're Jewish or not. So I thought we'd, we'd talk about how, how do you help people in, in sort of reuniting with their spiritual, I don't know, roots, is, if, if that's a good word. Yeah, it's a great, that's actually a great question, Kevin. Um, as someone might, like myself that follows the Torah diligently, the Bible, some people call it the Old Testament, so Noah, Noah, we know Noah and the flood, mm -hmm. so he was not a Jew. God called him a tzaddik, a righteous person, saved him and his family because he had moral clarity. Mm. So even though he didn't follow the biblical traditions of maybe putting on the tefillin or keeping the Sabbath, but he had a moral clarity and he was worth saving. So we read about Noah a lot. Although he was not a Jew, he is in many ways a leader for all people, including Jews. So as a rabbi today, identified as a Hasidic Jew and helping out a lot of the Jewish people, like I say, who are not involved and connected to Judaism, but absolutely you are correct that it is appropriate to reach out to non-Jews as well and to have them connect with their roots, just like Noah in the Bible connected with his roots. So that's a very good point. And actually the Talmud tells us that we the Jewish people have 613 commandments, the non-Jews have seven Noahite laws from Noah. Mm -hmm. So they have a lot of, uh, a big load to carry as well, primarily to have law and order, and of course to believe in monotheism, to believe in one God and not in a hundred gods like I saw when I was a uh, student from Australia. I took a, uh, a one-month tour to uh, Kathmandu, Nepal, and mm -hmm. there are more uh, gods and statutes than the population. So uh, that's today in, in the year 2020. Wow. So uh, getting people to uh, uh, worship and um, believe maybe in less gods and more in morality is, I guess, the name of the game. So how does one, how does one do that? I mean, look, you hear all kinds of stories about people who have been turned off from re traditional religion because of religious people being judgmental or, 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 or harsh. We, we, I, I would say we don't want to be like that. So how, how, do we, how do we begin that conversation, I guess? Like I said, I'm a Hasidic Jew, which means when I say the word Hasidic for the audience that doesn't quite know the denominations, that means um, the founder of the Hasidic movement, his name was the Baal Shem Tov, the master of the great name. And he was roughly 300 years ago. So if you would have asked me prior to the founding of the Hasidic movement, that may have been one answer. But now we're post the Hasidic movement, mm -hmm. after the Baal Shem Tov, and I'm a Hasidic Jew. And what he introduced to the masses is you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to wear a black hat. You don't have to grow the beard. And you don't even have to do all the 613 commandments. He said, don't judge a person after holding on the 612th rung of the ladder or a person that's holding on the fifth rung of the ladder, but rather in which way they're going. Mm. So a person that's doing a little bit more today than they were doing yesterday, that means they have a relationship with God. 
Mm. That means they are being a good, upstanding citizen, whether they're a Jew or not a Jew. So, so let's, if you will, peel that force. To, what does it mean to have a relationship with God, right? Because God, I mean, we speak of God most often in, in, in the male, uh, you know, uh, gender, although indeed God has no gender, right? God has no, God is non-corporeal. So how do you have a relationship with a, you know, non-corporeal, I'm not even sure the word being is, is, is the proper term, but how do you have a relationship with, with God? Yeah, so that's a, that's a good question. So we have, of course, the Ten Commandments, uh, which we're not going to go through right now. Uh, we have 613 commandments. Um, I'll just give an example that is not in the Ten Commandments. Uh, one of the 613 commandments, let's say, would be for me to keep kosher. Okay. So it's a commandment, and I have a certain dietary uh, diet that I'm on called kosher. It's not in the Ten Commandments. It doesn't mean it's not important. But as a religious Jew, I'm having a relationship with God by listening to that tradition, that commandment. But that's more of the black and white, the thy shalts, the thy shalt nots, what I should do, what I shouldn't do. Mm -hmm. But you talk about peeling the onion a little bit and peeling the layers a little bit. Um, God also says to be happy. Hmm. God says to serve him with joy. And that's actually a commandment. So if I'm going to be a depressed religious man, that doesn't really help anybody. And I'm not sure I can consider myself a religious person if I don't know how to be happy and have a little fun in life. So I take that commandment pretty seriously, to have fun and be joyful. There's a whole Hasidic sect of the Breslov movement that's all about being joyful and being happy. So it's a good point what you raise, which is how do I have a relationship with God? So the basic answer is, well, let's just look what it says in the Torah about having, keeping the Sabbath, resting on the seventh day of the week, having, keeping kosher, uh, not coveting and being jealous of what my neighbor has, and so forth. But when you want to go a little deeper, it's some of the things which is maybe in the gray area, which people tend to ignore or push on the wayside, which is being happy. When it says to love thy fellow as thyself, that's in the Torah. And people forget about that because it's not so defined. How do I really love my neighbor or love thy fellow as thyself? It's easy to say, I keep the Sabbath, I go to synagogue, I pay my dues and leave me alone. Mm -hmm. And there many people say, I'm a religious Jew, I pay a thousand bucks to the synagogue and I'm part of the club and that's it. Well, it's, again, it's one level, but having a relationship is also it, to be a mensch, to love thy fellow as thyself. And that's important for, to love a Jew, love a non-Jew, love everybody, love your neighbors, love animals, love, love the species, love the trees and everything else. So for someone who maybe has been estranged from God or maybe has never been introduced to, to God, how do they start? How would, you, how, what, what would, how would you advise them to start? Yeah, so that's a good question. Um, I would say we live, in, we live in a physical world, and people like to know at the end of the day that they met their quota, that they reached their benchmark. Right? I go to the gym, and I want to know at the end of the month, I knocked off four pounds, and at the end, I'm not getting off the elliptical until I burn 500 calories. And I see 450, it's not good enough, I have to see 500. So that's the way we're built, that's the way we're hardwired. So I think when a person uh, wants to get involved, I think besides studying a little bit about Judaism, it's also to do something practical. And I would suggest uh, for a woman to take uh, 15 minutes on the Shabbat, 
And when Shabbat, the Sabbath, enters, besides lighting the Shabbat candles on a Friday night, when the sunset kicks in on a Friday night, to spend 15 minutes and ask themselves how they did this week mm. and how can they make next week a better week. It's a 15-minute piece of homework. And this is a tradition, this is a commandment, and this is something for them. Mm -hmm. They'll feel better about themselves. And I would say for a man, the same thing, um, which is to, when you enter into the Shabbat, is they may not have the, the commandment or the, the tradition to lighting the Shabbat candles like the lady does, because the lady is the woman of the house, the woman of the family. Um, but I think to spend some time with his spouse, or girlfriend, or even alone if he's an individual and single, and do the same type of exercise, which is to think about how my week was. And this is called resting on Shabbat. Mm -hmm. And this is actually of the Ten Commandments, of the Sabbath. And like I say, there are many ways to observe the Sabbath, but at the very least, to observe it and enter the Sabbath on a Friday night and think about what they've done this past week, what they've contributed, and how they can make it even a little bit better. Um, I think this is a very good start because they're doing something for the Torah, which is thinking about the Sabbath, and also something for themselves, for their own personal growth. And for someone who's not Jewish, would it be beneficial for them to do the same thing? I, it's, that's a good question. I do think yes, um, even though it's not commanded or imposed on them to rest on the seventh day, the same way it's not imposed on them to keep kosher. But I do find that... First of all, Christians do go to church on Sunday, at least many of them. And if you're Muslim, you go to, uh, uh, it's on Friday. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of these wonderful traditions are being lost on people because when a Christian thinks of going to church, it, they think of, oh my gosh, I gotta listen to the sermon for two hours or give more money to the, you know, to the poor. And, but I, I think it could be, it could, people can enter the Sabbath, whether you're a Jew or a non-Jew on a personal level, uh, by taking 15, 20 minutes and uh, cell phones off, Netflix off, Hulu off, and just really uh, meditate and connect with uh, the Sabbath and uh, really appreciate of what God gave us and how many years I'm living and how my week was and how I can better myself and better my productivity for the upcoming week. Oh, that's great, that's great. So you brought us something for our collage, you brought your thing, and, and this is really unique, so I'm gonna have you Put that up on the collage there. Oh, wherever, thank you. Wherever and you Chai think. means life. Uh -huh. And when I make a, a, a toast, some people say salute. In Fridlan on the roof, they say L'chaim. L'chaim. So this is for L'chaim to Chai for life. L'chaim. There we go. Okay, so I'm going to put this up here. Okay. <laughs> okay, how's that? Some good, some good duct yeah. tape. Yeah. And I think that worked. Oh, yeah, there you go. Okay, fantastic. Duct tape is great. Yeah. It's matching my pink shirt. Okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Wonderful. Kevin, thank you so thank much. You. It's great to be back here. Nice to see you. Okay, good. What are the purpose and mission supporting your identity? My guest is Colleen Hammond former on-air talent for the Weather Channel. You know, you always find out something interesting about the people you know that you didn't know before. For, the, for over 30 years now, Colleen has been working with women, helping them style and create their personal brand so that they can go through their day with, with confidence, 
they can approach every meeting, every engagement in a way that really supports them achieving their goals. So Colleen, thanks for coming on the Way to Wow show. Yeah, I wish I was live in studio, but it's good to be here at least remotely. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, next time we'll get you live in studio, we'll fix you up with a cocktail, and, and, and we'll, we'll really go to town that day. There, there you go. <laughs> so I, I, first of all, I just have to ask you, on-air talent for the Weather Channel, how do you go from that to helping women you know, dress for success? It actually started when I was 14. I started modeling when I was 14 years old. And I actually really did like model and do acting jobs and that type of thing because that's how I put myself through college. But also my senior in high school, I won Miss Michigan Teenager. So I started working with an image consultant at that point uh, who taught me what colors to wear and, and that type of thing. So I was in college actually studying chemistry because I wanted to be a pediatrician. Uh, and I got a job through my modeling agent. I got a job at the local television station doing the weather. And about six months later, a talent scout was in town for a funeral, and I got the job at the Weather Channel. So again, at the Weather Channel, I started working with a stylist. And I said, yeah, but I want to wear what Karen is wearing. And they said, you can't wear what Karen Minton is wearing because Karen is blonde and brown-eyed. And I'm like, So? So she started teaching me the differences between what I could wear and what other people could wear. So when I left working in television, I had been, it just fascinated me. And so after that, I started working and becoming an image consultant and a stylist, and it just blossomed from there. So actually, I started with image consulting and styling before there was a certification program and, you know, the international image consultants, you know, group and, and that type of thing. So... I've, I've been doing this for almost almost 40 years. Yeah. You must have started when you were three, except for you just told us you started when you were 14. So, yeah. wow. <laughs> a little bit older, but yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was an interesting thing. And, and I, I really have found that once a woman can nail her style, and it just takes a couple of things that you need to know, once a woman can nail that style and her personal brand and, and the image that she projects by the colors that she wears and the styles that she wears, prints, patterns, all of these tiny little things, what kind of earrings, do the earrings move, do they stay still, what's the shape of the glasses, what's, you know, the, the point on the toe, is it pointed around it, all of these things send a different message. And once a woman can nail her style, she can easily go through her closet because every girl I know, every woman I know, well, a lot of guys too, it's like, what am I going to wear? I have a networking event tonight. What am I going to wear? You know, I, I have an interview. What am I going to wear? Once you can figure out what to wear that works for you and sends the image and portrays the personal brand that you want to send, mm -hmm. everything is simple. And then you walk out of the house every day confident knowing that you look and feel fascinating. So in, in these days when, you know, a lot of people still aren't going to the office, they're not going to the workplace, it seems like, you know, all of our meetings are, are via Zoom. Um, I know I was just watching a, a short video of a friend of mine, and he always looks so put together. He has his, you know, sports coat on, and his, his, he loves pink shirts, right? And then he stands up, and he's wearing shorts, right? Um, so it, it, does it matter how we style ourselves these days? I mean... Do people really care? Yeah, I've worked a lot with Hollywood people. I've worked with musicians. I styled a recent presidential candidate. Um, so 
everything you wear and every color that you wear and, and sends a message. So if I showed up today wearing um, a flannel shirt, a flannel shirt would send a very different message than a suit coat, you know, you know, a blazer with a, uh, if I showed up wearing flip-flops or if I showed up wearing high heels or I showed up wearing cowboy boots, all of those have a different mental subconscious connotation because we pick up on the, all of these things subconsciously. And so there's so much work that goes into crafting a t- television personality's personal brand, what they drink, how, how they dress, what they say, who they hang out with, how they allow themselves to be photographed so that their personal brand, their image is portrayed in a specific way. And I have a program where I go through the difference between Miley Cyrus and Kate Middleton. And I show different pictures of them in the exact same pose, but they're wearing different clothing in each one with Miley Cyrus because she has an irreverent and a connotation, what you're going to see from her, you're going to immediately think something is irreverent, it's, it's brash, it may be even sexual. But if Kate Middleton does the same thing, because, you know, she's the Duchess of Cambridge, you're going to say, oh, well, that's because she's refined and she's royalty. And, you know, so one girl bites her lip and you see it one way, the other lady bites her lip and you see it a different way, based on how they're dressed, how they're portrayed, what they're drinking, the whole shot. It all matters. Now, I mean, again, these days we're not going into the office so much. How, should we be maintaining our personal brand even when we go to the grocery store? I mean, is, is it, how, how integrated does it need to be in order to be effective, I guess, is my question. It has to be authentic to who you are. So what happens is if, if I've worked with clients that want to create a personal brand of somebody that they're not, and I won't do it, I give them their money back because you can only create who you are or who you are on the best day, right? So when we go into a job interview, we try to portray our best self. We, we say certain things because we want the interviewer to know certain things about us. We dress a certain way to project a certain image to the interviewer because we want to get the job. But if what we say is inauthentic and we get the job, but we lied or we, you know, we're not going to keep the job. It's the same way when you're projecting a personal brand, when you're in the C-suite, when you're running for office. You know, all of these things may get you the vote, may get you the job, may get you the promotion. But do you stay there is based on your personality and your personal image. Now, so I show up and... I'm wearing pajama pants, right? So I'm comfortable. But the the situation that we're in now is we do all of these Zoom meetings, but we're in our own homes, so we feel more relaxed. We end up using a more relaxed tone of voice. Sometimes we show up on camera and we're wearing what we wore around the house. We're drinking coffee. I've seen people vaping on business calls. You know, they're so comfortable at home, they lost that sense of place. You know, but one thing we do do on camera that we don't do in the boardroom is this. Hi! You know, we're all waving on camera. You don't do that in the boardroom, but uh, we do that on camera, and I think subconsciously what happens is it's a body language issue, and in body language, when people see the palms of your hands, they trust you. So it's kind of an open-handed type situation. I think maybe subconsciously we know that, so we wave. But it's important to be true to who you are, so I think you carry that into the grocery store. You carry that into your shopping trip. Um, you carry that when you go to get your car fixed. It's who you are. And so you want to make sure that it's genuine to who you are, but to your best self. 
So I, I, we need to wrap things up. So one, one last question. Sure. For the viewers who want to take some action in terms of establishing or improving their, their brand image, where do you recommend they begin? What, sh what should they do? Well, I have a uh, free ebook. It's called The Seven Judgments People Make About You in Seven Seconds. It's actually less than a second, but the first one is trustworthiness. So people determine whether or not they trust you in point one of a second. Now, that's just looking at you. You haven't opened your mouth or anything. So one of the things you want to do is project your image to be trustworthy since that's the number one thing that people are judging us on. One of the easiest ways, two of the easiest ways to do that, number one is the color blue. Blue is perceived as a very trustworthy color, a solid blue. Also glasses. People who are wearing glasses are seen as more intelligent and more trustworthy. The look that you project, if it's sloppy, people think your work is sloppy. If it's, if it's polished, pulled together, um, then it makes you look like all of you, your work, everything is, is polished and pulled together. So those would be the first two things I would work on is just getting your colors right that look good on you um, and projecting an image of professionalism at all times. Colleen, thank you so much for coming on the Way to Wow show. Thank you for helping us understand how to dress better and style ourselves. And we'll, we'll look forward to checking in with you again and, and seeing how we can take it on to the next step. Great. Sounds good. Thanks. Thanks, Colleen. That's our show for this week. I want to thank my guests, Colleen Hammond and Rabbi Mendel Schwartz. Colleen gave us some great advice. When we're dressing for success, first start by doing so in a way that conveys trust. Wear blue, well, at least my shirt, and wear glasses, which, look, I couldn't see if I didn't. Also, check on the, the show notes right below. Download her book that has many, many more tips on how to use the way you present yourself to further your way to wow. And then I think Rabbi Mendel Schwartz gave us a great practice for wrapping up our week. Reflect back. What did you do right? What could you have done better? Ponder that for a little bit. And vow to do it better next week. Talking about next week, stay tuned when we're going to have Michelle Tillis Letterman talk to us about how to build those authentic, life-sustaining relationships. Courage at all times, my friends. Marie, you're still my belle. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.